You take a request? Yes, I am. Swallow your head and leave. Thank you. That's very supportive. <laughs> Just trying to make you laugh. <laughs> uh, uh, uh. You ready? I'm ready. Shakalaka. Welcome back to Daz Meat World and Boom Shakalaka to you as well, Brett. <laughs> uh, I am your uh, pod daddy number one this week, Tyler. And I'm pod daddy number two bringing you vast emotional damage. <laughs> Very nice. Yeah, I had a bad feeling that you were going to start getting more on the board this week. Um, yeah. Uh, Welcome back to Daz Meat World. Uh, you are weekly deep dive into that classic 90s show known as Boy Meets World. Um, real excited to be here, Brett. How are you? I am. I'm excited to be here. Uh, it's. Uh, it's <laughs> Oh, it's it's just a very busy week. Tomorrow morning, I am starting a what's well, tomorrow? Tuesday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Five straight days of annual conference for my day job, which means seven thirty, nice. eight o'clock in the morning till at least five o'clock at night. Straight of combination of my normal work, which is. Uh, <laughs> social media, managing, photography, video, overseeing, recording, producing. And uh, one of those days I'll sit in on a session and do a little teaching. Uh, during a lunchtime, I'll be recording a bunch of extra videos. And uh, at the end of it all, on Saturday after everything's done, I'll be putting together a recap video of at least four of those days. That has to be done before everything's torn down so we can post it. And uh, I have this fourth year in, so, I mean, it's it's old hats me, but this is the busiest time of year for my day job. So tonight is uh, kind of the last few minutes of rest I get before I dive into it headlong tomorrow. So I'm happy gotcha. to be here. How are you, Tyler? <laughs> well, Brett, I'm, I'm also happy to see you to be talking about Boy Meets World, <laughs> but... Uh, you know, if you had asked me yesterday, and we recorded yesterday, we, we could have had a very nice, lovely chat about this episode and life in general, but oh boy. Um, <laughs> so to start, I just have to say that the wife and I got to go on a date for the first time in a while, and it was nice. We went to a hey. restaurant by ourselves. Yes. Uh, we literally just sat there and we're like, hey. No one is demanding anything of us right now. And it's really quiet. It's so nice. <laughs> I was like, do we want appetizers? Of course we want appetizers. We are eating for ourselves. Of course. No one's there to steal them from you. You got to take advantage of it. Yeah. Yes. So much so. And it was a, it's, we were eating at a place called Peak and Peak, um, mm -hmm. which is a ski resort near us. And it's a golf, uh, resort as well in the summertime so that's just nice and we were eating in their restaurant we we actually spent a a weekend at a retreat a year ago and so we were kind of just feeling reminiscent and wanted to go somewhere close to us so we went there and had a nice time and um they have an old golf course basically a walking trail at this point because you know i think it's like a decade ago they redesigned their golf course and left a huge chunk of just now just basically um open field and they still have the pathway so you can walk the pathway it's really nice 
And so we walked around for a little bit, just got the chance to talk and no one was trying to interrupt us and speak over us or Travis listen to anything, you know, and as much as I love my baby boy and enjoy hearing his thoughts on the world, it was just nice <laughs> to hold my wife's hand and have no one else tugging at her or a dog trying to pull us in a different direction. So mm-hmm. it, it was just nice. Yep. I, I so have to bring been all that times. crashing down, <laughs> <laughs> my dog decided uh, that I didn't need my pillow anymore. <laughs> uh, so while I was at work today, he decided to go in our room because normally we just leave the dog to roam the house a little bit because he'll just lay on the couch and he's fine. Um He's been kind of getting into some stuff here and there as of late, some little pieces of clothes and whatnot. And uh, uh, he broke me today because I have this. I've had this pillow since before we were married, and mm. it provided me the best sleep I've ever gotten. Like when I was in high school, I legit would stay up as long as I could and would just pass out because I just I could never fall asleep. And I started using this pillow that my in laws didn't want. And I just, I would clonk out immediately. I'd be like, I have never slept this good my entire life. And so I no longer have that pillow. So I won't be sleeping good for, I don't know, two weeks maybe at this point. So (laughs) until we can get a replacement pillow. But yeah, so it's just fun. I'm excited. It's great. <laughs> mm, I'm sorry, Tyler. Is is, is Buddy Jones uh, banished to the outdoors for a couple of weeks? No, we're too kind. Although he <laughs> he did have to go into the back while we we're at our son's game today. So yeah, it's just uh, this is a, the last week of school for us as we're recording. So we got a lot of different emotions going on right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm ending my one job. Well, actually, both jobs I'm technically ending for the season. Uh, but the one job I'll be done with officially at the end of this week. Uh, my oldest son will be done with school. And then um, uh, another thing. Oh, baseball season is also coming to a close as well. So we just got a lot going on. A lot for us to deal with. And hopefully everything's going to work out. So... I think you should probably hit that synopsis before I start uh, getting mad about something else my dog's chewed up lately. (laughs) All right. Well, this week we are diving in. We are two-thirds of the way, more than two-thirds of the way through this uh, season two. We're looking at episode 17, On the Air. Mr. Feeney makes the decision to pull the plug on Corey and Sean's radio program at the school when their format takes an inappropriate turn. Now, this episode, written by the team of Mark Blutman and Howard Busgang, directed by David Trainer, originally aired on February 10th, 1995, and currently enjoys a 7.7 rating on IMDb. And as we play our favorite game of Vast Emotional Damage. We'll look at the Nielsen numbers. Tyler, last week's episode pulled in a 19.6 million rating. What do you think on the air pulled in? Well, let's look, let's look at this two ways. What do you think it should have pulled in, and what do you think it did pull in? <laughs> what should have pulled in would probably be about like 12 mil. 
what it probably <laughs> pulled in was probably closer to like 18, I'm guessing. 18.8 million is the correct number. Very nice. <laughs> Uh, let's just put this warning in now. We're going to have some very heavy get off my lawn energy for this recording. So <laughs> yeah. if you don't want to hear some dads, uh, well, at least this dad getting a little frustrated <laughs> and a little annoyed and potentially start yelling. Uh, I highly recommend stepping away now. They want you to take five star the roles. <laughs> yes, they want you to take the roles. That's that's my only old man on the board. <laughs> I, I've been trying to think for this whole week of ways we could use that clip from like ev- from now on in every single episode. So <laughs> I'm keeping it on the board. I just got to find a way to work it in. <laughs> Perfect. Well, take Ooh. us away, Tyler. Whenever, whenever we record <laughs> next together, you should let me have control of the board. <laughs> <laughs> It'll sit between us. <laughs> so we start the episode. In a room we've never been in before, but I'm sure it's a different classroom setting that we have been in before. But, you know, it just looks different now because it's a radio station randomly in the school. Yeah. Apparently, it's been 10 years since uh, Pirates Radio has been on the air and they're back in business. It looked a lot like the newspaper uh, headquarters. <laughs> That's what I was thinking, too. <laughs> yeah. So 10 years of silence and Patriot Radio is back. Yeah. So, okay. Let's just, I couldn't get any deep dives on the actual information on the equipment, but let's just talk about this real quick. Mm-hmm. You know, radio state, like the, the radio, the, the school radios kind of became popular like sixties and seventies uh, ish time period. So the technology we're talking about, especially if it stopped, they stopped using it like 10 years ago give or take like 30 years old, like 20, 30 years old, something like that. Like Mm -hmm. how good is this material actually going to be? Like if you and I are using a mic, even from 10 or five years ago, seven years ago, like it's going to sound a lot different. Yeah. I mean, what they're using is effectively a, a PA system. So, I mean, it can't be great. I mean, it's not really designed for more than just, basic broadcast stuff and you know you're gonna get a really tinny sound you're gonna get uh maybe some you know audio files way in with us but from my perspective this setup even in 1995 was not going to produce anything great especially looking at the few speakers that we got to see i mean this this was never going to be more than just a little bit higher end pa system at best because remember John Adams High is not a well-off school. <laughs> right. Well, in the way they do it, it looks like they'll like they hit a button all of a sudden they're live. So does that just mean they're hitting the button to take over the intercom system cuz that's kind of what it feels like. That would be my assumption. Uh, I, that's all I can figure. <laughs> so it kind of just feels like Alvin found a way for them to use the the technology already there. Maybe they bought like one thing and now they're able to tap in remotely or make it easier on you. So yeah, and honestly, looking at the you know, I, I took a lot of screen grabs from this studio, quote unquote studio, with the, the fun <laughs> little phone boards. Those are fun to look at, by the way. Yes, and it's 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 a very 
you know, for 1995, it was a decent setup, but those microphones are not picking up what we think they're picking up. <laughs> no. Well, those two are like, you have to be right up on them or they're not going to hear you at all. So, yeah, I think the bigger question here is what kind of school is going to run radio programs throughout the school day? Are these like three minute pro- long programs in between classes or is this is this radio station running continuously throughout the school day? <laughs> Brett, you and I both know the answer to that question. <laughs> yes, we do. <laughs> but I will say this this is a trend in this era of randomly needing to have a radio station inside the school and because i remember saved by the bell had an episode similar to this as well (laughs) and um i mean fresh prince eventually does something similar to this not exactly i mean gosh uh full house had a whole (laughs) subplot of people having a radio station so rush hour renegades coming at you <laughs> yes the elvis wannabe and the uh we'll say c tier comedian oh cut it out <laughs> i'm sorry joey gladstone if you can't make it in san francisco anything more than ranger joe got your c tier ranger joe <laughs> ranger joe He's the best guy I know, Ranger Joe. Anyway. (laughs) Anywho, uh, so yeah, Feeney is uh, on the mic uh, trying to do the first broadcast. And again, uh, okay, I know it's just comedy gold with him taking this serious, you know, him starting it off. And Mm -hmm. it's another thing that he can put his cap on of look what I'm doing. Look at the things I'm starting. But like... Wouldn't he have some form of a, hey, sign up to be part of the new radio team and, you know, each we need like five shows for the next for every single week. You know, you got to audition and you got to tell us what's going to be on there. And wouldn't there be a teacher advising it other than Turner? Because apparently Turner advises everything. Yeah, I mean, Feeney's not even the faculty advisor for this. And we don't even find out Turner's the faculty advisor till halfway through the episode. Once the boys are kicked out of the studio. It it wasn't even on the board. Why wasn't it on the board? (laughs) Uh, yeah, and why is Feeney think he has the finger on the pulse of today's youth when just back at Thanksgiving he's admitting his rock and roll contacts were so limited that he approved Feeney, Corey? Feeney, <laughs> Feeney, Feeney, Feeney. He, he's got brother. Uh, what was it? Brother, brother. What's his face and, at the at the Coca Cabana room? <laughs> yeah, I'm blanking Although I do on the love name. He, he has uh, Alvin say hello, and he says, "No one likes a mycog." <laughs> yeah, I mean it's fun. But I mean, even in the heightened world of this, of Boy Meets World Universe, this is uh, this is a bridge too far for how we get into the story. <laughs> yeah. Do you like how they don't actually play really any actual music? Like they say that they're playing music, but then Mr. like Perry you really Como. don't actually hear it. <laughs> yeah, you can say Perry Como, but you don't have the rights to actually broadcast this. Yeah. Uh, well, we transition to the lunchroom, uh, where apparently this is where the main radio station is occurring. And uh, Sean is trying to cut 
the cord with a uh, spoon. A plastic spoon. I did clip some of this. Look, Mr. Turner, you clip the wires and we'll cover for you. You don't like what you hear? Get on the air and do better. Us? On the radio? Yeah. See if you can't squeeze it in between doing nothing at school and nothing at home. Well, what are you saying? We don't do anything? You know, we should think about that. I don't want to. No, Sean, maybe he's got a point. I mean, maybe if we became radio personalities, then we'd have personalities. I don't want to do nothing. Look, radio is just sitting around talking. Like we are now? Yeah, maybe you have to push a button. How hard? Like this. Hmm? Are you kidding me? Okay, we'll do it. We're naturals. I've got a radio voice. And I've got a radio face. So when can you get us on the air? You guys are serious about this. I'll talk to Feeney after lunch. Turner's got to talk to Feeney about getting them on the air. Turner is the advisor, supposedly. Now, normally, Blutman and Busgang give us really good episodes, but, I mean, this this is just, uh, I don't have the energy to be get off my lawn here. <laughs> That's fair. I'll do it for you, Brett. What is this nonsense? Like, what is this? To, to quote Turner, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Like, it's just, it feels lazy. This... Mm-hmm. This is the most episode has to episode the most. Let's just get into what the problem is. And it, you know what this feels like? Honest to goodness, this feels like the closest thing to a Saved by the Bell episode I've ever seen. Because <laughs> Saved by the Bell, they're always doing episodes like this where it's like, well, this is the issue that we want to deal with. And then. That's all they're doing. Mm -hmm. So, like, this is literally what it feels like of just like, hey, for this one episode, let's have a radio station. And then it never comes back. It really does feel like like Michael Jacobs just came in and said, hey, I want the boys in 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 a radio studio. Figure it out. And it's just Mm -hmm. this is how they got there. Well, it's just it's another episode where Corey and Sean are trying to figure out where their place is. And I don't know, like. This is not a good episode. <laughs> so, I, don't, I don't want to drop the pretenses, but like, my goodness, this feels like just another episode. It feels almost fillerish. Like, it's this weird thing about this season where like we'll have this incredible, great episode of like Corey discovering more who he is or his relationships building and getting stronger. And then we have an episode like this where they are just wrong the entire time. And maybe... Maybe Brett, we're just dads now. Maybe that's the problem. Because <laughs> we're looking at this as dads. And the main thing I just want to get to, Brett, is this episode feels lazy. And I don't like yeah. that. I don't like that for the show. This this show deserves better. I agree. It, it really is. And I, I know in a season where you've got 23 episodes uh, that it, it can be daunting and you know, we're, we are used to, as consumers and even as dads, uh, a time, an era now of prestige TV where you've got 10, 13, eight-episode seasons where they can really focus in and hone in. And if you take all these fillerish episodes out of a Boy Meets World season, you're going to have 10, 12 really solid, fantastic episodes. So, I mean, I expect some of them, but this is just – it really does feel lazy. Well, I, 
I think the problem is, is that this season has had incredible episodes. Like, let's be honest. We have this episode and then maybe one more slightly not that great episode, but the rest of them are all hits. So it's like we've had three to four bad episodes this season. Last season didn't have this many bad episodes. Like, I don't, I don't get it. <laughs> and maybe just last season, like, I just relearned the, the love for that season, but... Gosh, this season is either amazing and incredible or just super disappointing. The highs are higher. The lows are lower. Sophomore slump. <laughs> I, I mean, it, it really is true. Um, I, I, I will say, trying to get back into this episode, that Sean tries to say he has a radio face. <laughs> yes. It's yeah. just... Uh, no offense to any of us, but we have radio and or podcasting faces. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I think you're a handsome man, Brett. But, you know, I know for a fact I do not have the face for uh, TV, but I have the face for a podcast. That's right. Yeah. We got everybody got you. Okay. I just have to say that my wife literally just turned off a corner and just kind of smiled at me and then walked away. Keeping that in. <laughs> so so we're out of the teaser and uh, actually into the first act and we're like, you know, 25 minutes into our episode. <laughs> in the Son Matthews kitchen. <laughs> in the kitchen where Corey's all proud of himself. You take a request? Yes, I am. Swallow your head and leave. <laughs> yeah, Eric never misses a beat to be a jerk. <laughs> he doesn't. <laughs> yeah, but I like how this actually sets up an actual uh, plot for Eric. It that does. has nothing to do with what Corey's doing, although he still interacts with the general storyline. Mm-hmm. Um, but apparently, Eric's trying to become a millionaire. He is. But... He's going about it the roundabout way. He's got he's got this Robin Leach scam with with the magazines. But I, I what I really honed in on he went through his allowance. What happened to his job at the market giant? Because Alan says, Come to my store, work, make money. When did he leave his store his job at Market Giant? He quit and came back at a lower position. When did he quit again? <laughs> Well, you see, Brett, <sighs> uh, Eric doesn't have time for work because girls. <laughs> Eric has no time for anything because all he does is chase girls. <laughs> and again, that is an, an annoyance of this show is I get that we need the jokes, but it's like Eric has worked an honest day. Like, to say that he hasn't is not correct. Like, he had a job. So, just say that he quit his job around the summer, after the summertime, because he wanted to focus, quote-unquote, on schooling or whatever, and his parents agreed to give him a better allowance. But, like, he was making real uh, money. He had real money. He had a car at the beginning of the season. He uh, Lucille. (laughs) Goes down, down now. Hill, runs like the wind, you know. <laughs> Are you want me to move it? <laughs> yeah, so he's gonna get rich because he's gonna, uh, you know, he's he's gonna 
get all of Robin Leach's money, and apparently that's going to pay for the brain operation that uh, Alan and Amy want to schedule yeah. for him. Well, and that's that's the other thing is like some of the jabs they put on Eric is a lot harsher than I feel like there should be. <laughs> I mean, it's funny, I agree, but like it's a little too far there, Alan. <laughs> Although I do like that he says, you have no idea what it takes to take out a pretty girl. And Amy just looks at him with daggers. You want to try that again? (laughs) Yes, I do. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. 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 But apparently Eric already thinks he's won because they printed his name. And who would spend money on ink if they weren't going to? Let him win? Yeah, Eric's got some interesting theories on that. I I can't really defend his theories. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, Eric, all these things are scams, regardless of what you do or how much money you spend on these things. <laughs> Especially when you're buying magazines about Chester. Yes. <laughs> Chester Matthews. <laughs> well, Brett, we get to the apparently the first show of Corey and Sean's exciting show and it's about student council yes because the dance was canceled and they're running a bake sale to raise money so they can have the dance anyway Mm -hmm. Um, ninth grade spring dance yeah and uh we'll we'll give uh Give some shout-outs to Sarah here, played by Hillary Tuck. This is actually the second of she of three girls she'll play on Boy Meets World. We saw her back in uh, episode two of this season, playing Samantha. And we'll see her again next season, at the end of next season. And I got to say, investigative journalists, Corey and Sean, are not. I, I, I I applaud Corey's attempt to try and find an angle here, but <laughs> it's just not worth it. And Sean is just even less interested. <laughs> well, and that's the thing is like, okay, so Feeney was, he introduced the show and then he just played music. So why wouldn't that just be their show of... They talk about some things and they play music. Yeah. I, I mean, apparently he gave them a topic, but did he give them the way to play music or not? <laughs> Are they right. only allowed to interview student council members? And uh, clearly there were others that turned them down and she's the only one that was willing to come on their show. Right. And uh, it's mm, there's all the stuff that just annoys me about this whole situation just on a on a on a programmatical level of of disorganization that I just can't get on board with this Feeney. I can't do it. <laughs> Someone needs to be in charge of this thing. Someone needs to have final say of it. And, you know, this needs to be a thing that is taken serious and actual commitment made. And it's not. And that's annoying. Oh, Corey, I dreamed we were doing the most painfully boring radio show in the world. <laughs> and you were there. And you... Oh. And in fairness, they are doing a painful show. <laughs> it is painfully boring, yes. <laughs> yes. But then it gets really awkward 
uh, because apparently they have uh, phone calls available and they have a bunch of lines, like way too many lines. Where are these students calling from? Uh, the, the phones in this school would have to be pay phones. Yes. I mean, okay. <laughs> and the only way I can see this being the case is that if they have a actual phone system in the school in each of the classrooms and they have the the ability at this time to dial different rooms and be able to get a hold of people. I don't know if that technology actually exists because that was already that was always available at when I was in high school. And like nowadays, like when I was substitute teaching, I all I literally had to do was just go in and sometimes I would just have to hit a button and I'd get to a specific classroom I need to find information from. So it's not like that to, it's not possible, but again, it looks like there's like 20 lines. Mm-hmm. And do you even have 20 lines for a radio station? <laughs> also, if you're taking calls, wouldn't you want someone there behind you to be able to double check all those things? Like someone to screen. This whole, <laughs> this whole setup, Brett, makes no sense to me. It's not a legitimate radio setup. Plain and simple. Yes. You need an engineer there to make sure nothing blows up. You need someone right. who understands the equipment there to make sure right. it's being used properly. Well, and it feels like Alvin is the only one that can. So why isn't Alvin also in the room? Mm-hmm. That's a very good question. Alvin's the one that put it together. Yeah. I mean, unless technically Corey and Sean are trained on what to do and how to handle it. But it doesn't look like it. It literally feels like one day Feeney opens it, the next day Corey and Sean are doing it. Well, they just got to push a button like this. Yes. Yeah, I'd like to know the timeline of all of this because it doesn't seem like there's a timeline to any of this. It this really doesn't. Weeks going on, this just one week or literally just be a two day process. I can't tell. Uh, it's uh, Yeah, I can't make heads or tails of that timeline without sitting down with a blackboard. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, Sarah gets a call uh, from a guy named Spencer, wondering if she's still dating uh, another person. Ooh. And by the way, Spencer is another connection Boy Meets World has to the Sandlot. Who's that? We don't see Spencer on screen, but in the Sandlot, that was Bertram Grover Weeks. Which character is that? Uh, off the top of my head, I am trying to remember. Uh, give me a second. I'm trying to pull up a picture. Is that one of the real baseball players? Uh, I'm trying to. He would have been. It sounds like a hoity-toity name. It does sound like a very hoity-toity name. He had glasses and he wore the L.A. cap. A lot of the pictures he. Uh, oh, I thought that kid was already in Boy Meets World. No, this is the only time that he shows up in, and we don't even see him. We just hear his voice on the phone line. Interesting. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So in Spencer's call, at first, Corey's trying to have a journalistic integrity of sticking to the topic at hand, but Sean sees an opportunity and and takes it. Yeah. And uh, apparently... Sarah's going to leave and they're going to go on a date. We got lunchtime lust. <laughs> yeah, and 
let's just get to this next problem that I have with this thing, Brett. <laughs> I I get that they are curious of what can happen, but literally a a a basketball's worth of girls basketball team's worth of girls walks into the room going, uh, is this the place where we can talk to boys? <laughs> These are not bad-looking girls. These are girls that I'd assume at John Adams High could have their pick of guys in the halls. Right. I assume that these are the type of girls that are, like, having to shoo away creepy guys, and they want to go and plaster themselves all over the, the this radio station that no one was listening to five seconds beforehand. My working theory is they want the attention. Well, yeah, that makes sense. But it's just like the episode changes on a dime where it goes from Corey and Sean have a boring show to Corey and Sean have the most exciting and energized and groovy, (laughs) (laughs) groovy new show on the air. I couldn't think of a 90 actual 90s word. So I was figured to go with the. So you think I'm groovy? (laughs) (laughs) Well, speaking of this basketball team's worth of girls, uh, only one of them was really credited, and that's uh, Jasmine, uh, the girl who actually asks the question. That's his. Uh, Don't you mean Jasmine Fontana? (laughs) Well, she only got the first name in this episode. Uh, no, she says her her last name because the boys well, yeah, go. She does. And if it isn't, it should be. She does give her last name. I just went by IMDb. <laughs> <laughs> I, I grabbed names of of given characters before I did my notes for the episode itself. Oh, you're fine. <laughs> uh, Philippe, Philippe, Felipe. I, I wanted to say Felipe, but that is not how you pronounce the name. Simon. This is actually the first of two times she's going to show up on Boy Meets World. She'll she'll show up again in about three episodes on Pop Quiz mm-hmm. as the same character. What? I know. <laughs> That's not real. Jasmine can't have will that. be back unless they change her name on screen. And we'll, I'm, I'm going to try to clock that. Uh, 61 acting credits on her resume. Sliders, Chicago Hope, CSI, House, Castle, Swamp Thing, The Walking Dead, 911, and a lot more. She's still acting. Nice. Yeah. So lunchtime lust is a thing. She sure is, Jasmine. And Corey wants to know, hey, the guys are asking what we haven't heard on the radio yet if she's a good kisser. And he doesn't know what to tell them. Okay. Again, <laughs> for Co- okay, it's one thing for Sean to say this. Like, mm-hmm. I fully 100% believe that this is a Sean line. And for whatever reason, Corey is the one that says it. Corey, especially here and after they get kicked off the air, Corey really strikes me as spouting some Sean lines. Yes. It's just that dichotomy of they're still trying to figure out who Corey is and who Sean is. And it's almost like when they have a storyline where there's the two of them together doing mischief, it they they aren't sure of well, who is the one that's actually doing the bad things and so it just feels like they both end up getting lost in the whole shuffle yeah and 
And which, which, okay, real quick, <laughs> which is why when we get into later seasons, when it truly is Sean pushing Corey into situations like uh, the, not Airbnb, but the, the bed and breakfast episode. B&B is like, B&B. Yes. I, well, I started at Airbnb. And I'm like, that's not a thing yet. Um, not yet. <laughs> yes, the B&B. Um, but Sean fully starts the 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 scheme mm-hmm. and Corey comes in midway through. Oh, yeah. And so Corey's responsibility is to help his friend at that point. But Sean's already started it where it feels like a lot of the earlier things are the two of them getting in it to, together. And then how do the two of them get out of it? Mm-hmm. And so I like that as time progresses, you find out that Corey is more or less having no choice but to follow in these type of schemes. Yeah. Now, Corey still will have schemes of his own, but they're more lighthearted and, you know, different. Yeah. And it's, it's Jasmine really strikes me as odd too, because she's, she's willing to sit here in a room full of four of her friends and two, I'm Jasmine is at least a sophomore. I'm assuming. Has to be. Has There's no way be. that she is in seventh or eighth grade. Oh, no, no. Jasmine is a definitely upperclassman. She has to be at least a sophomore. And she's willing to sit here and plant one on a seventh grader. Just like Eric to... should be interested in this girl. Oh, yes. And uh, she's willing to sit here on air and plant one on a seventh grader just to get attention. There's something deeply wrong with this character. <laughs> Right. Well, I again, we know that it's it's not really the the actress or or what there's asked is it's not the people that are doing the things, it's what they're being asked to oh, do and that's totally. the problem. Yeah, this is not the actress at all. This is this right. is the writing. <laughs> so, to make a long story short, they get cut off the air and uh, lunchtime with Ludwig. <laughs> Ludwig. <laughs> Ludwig is a foreign exchange student who, uh, played by Justin Thompson. First and only time we're ever going to see him at Boy Meets World. He did not do a lot of acting. Only 10 acting credits on his resume. Uh, Quantum Leap and Phenom are the only two other big th- big productions he was in. Most of the other ones seem to be like really background stuff or even direct-to-video things. Mm-hmm. But Ludwig now comes I will, in. I will <laughs> say, we get into the next scene. I mean, that character's ridiculous. We we both know it. We got to keep moving, Brad. It is, yeah. <laughs> so we we don't have time for that rant today. <laughs> but I do love that Feeney is at the end of class. And he goes, hey, read chapter 12. Uh, and he looks, he goes, it's about, oh, dear, Bill of Rights. Yes. <laughs> and Corey has a very shall we say misunderstood understanding of what the first amendment is yeah uh, and sean is very confused because on what the first commandment is i i do have a, a chunk of this clipped that i i think would be good to listen into tomorrow we'll be discussing chapter 12 in your history books which would be the bill of rights oh dear <laughs> The Bill of Rights from the good old Constitution. 
And what was that amendment that came first in the Bill of Rights? I don't recall, but I bet our teacher knows. Well, then why don't we ask him? Oh, Mr. Feeney. Freedom of speech. Hey, isn't that the one where you can say whatever you want? I believe it is. And doesn't it apply to everybody? No. Any kind of speech, right? Like in a, a newspaper or TV or... I don't know, radio. Yes, yes. Then something is just not making sense here, my Sean. Weren't we just pulled off the air because of what we said? Yes, we were. He says one thing and then he does another. He's being a hypochondriac. <laughs> what you two said over the airwaves was inappropriate. Well, according to this here constitution, uh-uh. <laughs> Come on, Mr. Finney. Don't you believe in what you teach us? Mr. Matthews, the rights of the Constitution were intended for those with a sense of responsibility. Well, if it doesn't apply to us, then why do we have to learn it? This is the nugget that they should have built the episode around. This yes. is the nugget that uh, would be still relevant immensely today. Right. You mean if instead of having the whole trying to get them on the radio, it was just the it was just a cold open of Corey and Sean on the radio and mm -hmm. like almost like this is the first real scene of the episode. Yeah. If they had built yeah, the I whole thing that. upon this this conflict of freedom of speech and they took the time to explain because Feeney admittedly. I don't remember a whole lot of Feeney and and Turner in depth here, but I don't remember Feeney ever really taking time to break down to Corey and Sean why exactly this doesn't apply and doesn't cover or why you have the freedom to say what you want, but there are consequences that right. come in, along with it. Even something as simple as that would have been fantastic to build even half of the episode around that would right. have saved a whole lot of this. Yeah, I agree completely because the, this is a personal annoyance of mine, not as a dad, just as a human being and <laughs> as an American of, yes, we have the freedom of speech. We have the right to say the things we want to say, but there are still consequences for the things we say. Mm -hmm. And there needs to be, you know, if, if for either of the positions that we have or have had, if we go on these giant rants of screaming profanities and, and saying a bunch of slurs out of nowhere and, um, you know, in our, our type of jobs, we have to have good character. And if we're shown to not have good character, those are grounds for firing mm -hmm. as they should be. Yep. Um, and it's just this annoyance I will always have of people abusing this right and assuming that they have carte blanche to do literally whatever they desire. You mm -hmm. don't. And people also have the right to disagree and be angry with you. So it's just, it's just, it is not the be all end all on. I can be and do whatever I want at any given moment because we still have to deal with other people and other people are affected by the things we are doing and saying. Mm -hmm. Indeed. Yeah. You and I, I, I am a little disappointed that Feeney does not do more with this hugely. or almost even like sit the boys down and be like, you know what? No, you are sitting here and we are talking about this and I will teach you 
about the Constitution mm-hmm. and our rights and why we fought for them and why you must learn this. Yeah, it's it's it really is out of character for Feeney because they they took advantage of his trust. He gave them an assignment on the air. They 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 threw that out the window. They threw the script out and went with their own plan. And instead of showing him the respect and sticking to it or even talking to him about it, they went their own way. So he should want to correct their course here. This is yep. not a situation where it's beneficial to sit back and let them find their own yep. way. This is a situation where he needs to step in and instruct Mm-hmm. Or at least say something to the effect of go home, read the chapter, and then come talk to me. Yeah, because we still don't know that Turner is even their faculty advisor. At this point, we still are under the impression it's Feeney. <laughs> right. Which, to be honest, for a program like this, it should be Feeney. It makes sense. Mm-hmm. This is something that impacts the entire student body. <laughs> yes. I... I... Gosh, I really do have get off my lawn energy because I, <laughs> I I want to skip forward a little, just a little bit, Brett, because they do have this funny bit of they start music and, you Pirate know, Feeney and Turner are looking for them <laughs> after Turner, you know, tries to argue for them. And it's a great bit and I love it and it's funny, but it's also in the context of they are being complete and total jerks mm-hmm. to two people that have dedicated and cared for them and try so much with them. Yeah. I mean, they're, I, I can't defend them at all. in in any of this, I mean, yes, Turner goes to Feeney and makes a case for them and Feeney t- is willing to take it under advisement. And Turner had already talked to them and said, uh, you know, you guys screwed up. I'm willing to go to bat for you. Wait. And they're so wrapped up in their own impatience, which is that it is natural for seventh grade boys to be impatient. I understand that. But I still don't understand how they how they got Alvin so interested in this scheme. But uh, there's there's nothing on the screen that tells me why Alvin was so in, was so interested in this. But yeah, but I, I cannot defend them in their choices to start pirate radio and to th- start a new student bill of rights with the first. <laughs> The first right is the right to dance. <laughs> this isn't Footloose. Like, Feeney's not taking the way to the right to dance. <laughs> no. And this, also, this is the point why you where... have just a ninth grade dance alone? It feels like you should just have an entire school dance. That yeah, makes more why sense. Why do we need a seventh grade Thanksgiving dance, a ninth grade spring dance? Uh, why, yeah. why are we just having a spring dance? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. And I, it's just that's the thing is that these two get back on the air because Jasmine Fontaine, uh, she really wants them back on the air. <laughs> um, and so it's like they convince Alvin to help them. And as funny as it is, being that we've dealt with teenagers for years, 
you know, to have a teenager disrespecting you this much to your face, it would be difficult to give them any sort of trust and grace moving forward. Yeah, this is the point where Feeney's nuclear option needs to come in. This is the point where he, as he would put it, I shall call their mommies and daddies. Yeah, it really feels like Amy and Alan should have been called while he was on the air. Yeah, this, this is... If not, then definitely need to be looped in on this point. Yeah. Well, and also, I can't even believe they didn't have a conversation even over the the bushes of, so Corey was on the air today and he was being very inappropriate. So I took him off the air. Mm-hmm. And Alan yeah. and Amy, as we've seen, would not berate, that's not the right word to put it, but they'd make clear to him of, hey, you you disrespected someone that we respect and you didn't do what you were supposed to do. And that's not okay. Yeah. I mean, we didn't, we weren't all that impressed with, um, I'm not a crook with the whole election debacle, but even in those, even, even in that 60 seconds or so that Alan was at the dinner table with Corey, that was about the only real interaction Alan had with Corey for the whole episode. But in that 60 seconds, it was probably the most powerful uh, moment of the whole episode. And it was Alan speaking truth and parenting into Corey's life that he needed for that moment, for that lesson, for that story. Granted, Corey, it all went in one ear and out the other. But this episode really could have benefited from that interaction here as well. Even just a 60 second, 45, 60 second moment with one or both of his parents, especially from Amy's perspective. Well, and again, this begs the question of, did this all happen in one day? They get kicked off the radio and they try to get back on like that day? Or is this the next day? Like what, Uh, what is actually happening? Mm hmm. And I think the 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 best episodes of this show is when they can give a close, rough guess of all the time they're spending in the episode. Like the next next week's episode, Corey has mono and has mono for a week. Mm-hmm. So everything that's happening is roughly within the scale of a week. Yeah. Makes sense. Well, I can tell you, base based on their wardrobe, their kick off the day, they're, they're kicked off the air. And in Feeney's class with uh, discussing the First Amendment in the same day. And pirate radio is at least one day removed from that. So, Right. So it's just, I cannot believe that there's such a quick transition from we got to get back on the air to we're literally back on the air. <laughs> like there's no repercussions at all for Corey whatsoever. Mm-hmm. I I don't get it. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and I don't, I, I didn't say that's not a thing on Amy and Alan. I just think it's something that, that we did not see. Mm-hmm. And if they, you know, gosh, Brett, we may have to rewrite some of these. Episodes. <laughs> I'm telling you. <laughs> gosh, because like, uh, why? Why didn't they do anything? They should have done something. This should have been another. Why is my child so godlike, Sean? Tell mm-hmm. me. Just anything to this nature gosh i yeah you talk i'm angry <laughs> yeah and i i will say the the other moments in this this episode that that keep it from being a complete failure 
<clears throat> or when they finally find Corey and Sean and Turner sits in with them in the broadcast studio and tells them to explain themselves. Now, I will say from from a uh, 21st century perspective here in 2023, there may be some potential privacy violations at play where Turner opens up the microphones and lets the whole school in on the conversation. Yes. But Corey and Sean should know that they're on. <laughs> yes. There are literally at least four on-air signs throughout the studio, and there should be at least one other big one that they can see from where they're sitting on yeah. the fourth wall. But... The fact that he is sneaky enough to open the mics and force them to confront their own inadequacies and vocalize them out loud and let them see that there are people in the school that feel like them and that they're not alone, that is universal. And in the Boy Meets World universe, it fits. And I do enjoy that it, there is some immediate repercussion that Mr. Feeney calls in. He gives kudos to Mr. Turner for how he handles the situation. And he lets Mr. Turner dole out the punishment. And when it's not enough, he gives him a chance to dole out a little more. There's a month's detention at play here. So there we go. And of course, we get Eric calling in. I say lock him up and throw away the key. <laughs> But there, the, that 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 closure for them, it it keeps it from being an abysmal failure. And I do give Turner a lot of credit in how he handled the situation, knowing he has a lot more patience and grace with them having been undercut and just flat out betrayed like he was. Yeah. Well, I mean, I will also say that this is a good representation of Feeney not just trying to teach Cor and Sean, but of teaching Turner as well. And I think this is, it, it is a light towards uh, who Turner will become someday when he is superintendent Turner. <laughs> um, which, by, by the way, one of my favorite bits of Girl Meets World is definitely in one of the few episodes that Turner's there. And Corey just kept going, you know whose fault this is? It's Superintendent Turner. <laughs> just constantly. He's like, Matthews. Yeah. Yeah. Corey is who he is. Yeah, I, it is a great moment. It truly is. And it's an awesome moment. And for them to be honest. But again... Where does this go? Mm -hmm. Actually, it goes similar to where it goes for Eric, which is he keeps trying to do a scheme, keeps trying to do a scheme to have a short, a quick uh, answers, short, quick bucks. And uh, it blows up in his face. Yep. Because Robin Leach shows up at the door. Yeah. Robin Leach just shows up. <laughs> it's a richly appointed Matthews household. <laughs> which i gotta say if you're a celebrity and you're using someone else's house to just sit in on wouldn't you at least offer like a few dollars of appreciation yeah seriously you know throw a couple hundred bucks at the dude <laughs> like at least a thousand you know yeah so yes robin lee shows up and of course it's not eric or chester matthews 
It's, you know, a neighbor. Yes. A neighbor we've never met. We'll never meet again. And, mm-hmm. you know, Eric. Because she moves away. Yeah. She moves away out of the neighborhood because she hit it rich with $10 million. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that's the episode. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, as nice as it is that a, that Robin Leach shows up and talks about how wonderful and truly spectacular the Matthews house is, it, it's really a nothing uh, cameo because unless you're like really aware of things like this in the nineties, like even today I go, I don't know who that guy is. It could have been anybody. <laughs> like it's not like it's the most famous baseball player, you know, currently it's just Robin random Leach's celebrity lifestyles of the rich and famous. <laughs> yes. That. Oh uh, yes. Yeah. So, uh, so Tyler, uh, are you, uh, calmed down enough from your get off my lawn energy for some deep dives? No, I think I need to have at least one more rant. My problem stems not from the from the actors, not from the characters. I think it just stems from the writing in this episode. Everything feels super clunky. I don't know if they were just scrapped for time or something, but just it feels off this episode. And yes, the stuff with Eric with the trying to do the scam and and him and Alan and Alan saying, I believed in you. Don't give your mom any money. She didn't believe in you whatsoever, but I believed in you. Like, that's funny. I just, I don't know, man. It just feels like it was all lazy. The script needed at least one more pass. (laughs) Script just needed to figure out what it really wanted to say. And maybe it's just one to say that, hey, everybody struggles and everybody's hurting, but we already did that. (laughs) We're doing the story again? How can I be so stupid? (laughs) And learn the same thing over and over again. (laughs) I mean, that legit, this is one of those episodes. It's just, we just learned this a few weeks ago and we're learning it again. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. I have a feeling I'll have to clip that audio bit from season five soon. <laughs> All right. Well, let's let's uh, divert your attention and uh, get some deep dives. People, 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 people. Am I the only one who read the summer reading list? All righty. So high school radio stations, there's not a lot, but there's a few in the country still. The first uh, was in Portland, 1450 AM, the KBPS. It was uh, officially licensed in 1923. Second oldest station overall in the city of Portland, studio body of Berenson Polytechnic High School, purchase transmitter and other equipment from the Stubbs Electronics in Portland for $1,800. Their first broadcast apparently was March 23rd, 1923. Uh, The station was made a formal debut on air and was officially dedicated in, in early May of 1926, uh, between the hours of 9.30 and 10.30. Opening night on the fifth annual Benson Tech Show. There's not a whole lot to say really, really about it because the problem is, is that from what I'm seeing, what they're describing as like an actual station would be 
like a real radio station, not just like a over the PA type system. I had a uh, official source for First Amendment and all that jazz, but essentially, from what I found, yes, students have the right to broadcast and make videos and to write things and protest and do all sorts of things inside their classrooms. However, if it breaks school rules, then the school has the right to still punish said person. There have been, I know, many different cases over the years on what is allowed for high schoolers and minors to do protest-wise and everything. And, you know, things like gathering can be quite dangerous, so that's not something that they really want people to do. But, you know, silent protests, those are completely 100% okay. I can't remember what it was specifically, but I do know there was a case where there was like a group that wanted to wear like a wristband or armband or some sort of band to just indicate of being either against a war or, or taking a stance politically on something. And the school tried to say, you can't do that. And they're like, yes, we can. And it ended up to the Supreme Court. And they're like, yes, yes, they can. As long as it doesn't break a rule, they're allowed to do it. So essentially it comes down to the MPAA has the right to shut them down. And the MPAA in this situation is the principal and or school board. So technically they they always have the authority to shut down and not allow for certain things. So Robin Douglas Leach, born August 29, 1941, and he passed away unfortunately on August 24th, 2018. Uh, He was a British entertainer, a reporter and writer from London. He began his work in print journalism. When he moved to the United States, he hosted a television show titled Styles of the Rich and Famous that ran from 1984 to 1995. So probably was airing its last season during the time period in which the show was going down. But essentially, he just has had many different gigs for hosting and Kind of just talking about the rich and famous life. Uh, He's made a lot of one-off TV appearances in way too many shows for us to get into specifically. Although famously, apparently he was also in Celebrity Wife Swap. So that's a thing. So I have to tell you that there is no embassy in Philadelphia. However... There is a consulate. Uh, So this is what I found. While embassies are primarily concerned with diplomatic resolution and high-level communication between governments, consulates focus on providing consular service and assisting citizens of their home countries in the host country. I take that to mean that the goal there is just to be part of the community and make sure that different people potentially from those original countries are able to thrive and succeed and get help as they need. So there is no embassy in Philadelphia for any country, but there are so many consulates in the area, both one for the Dutch and also for Germans. So good to know. Yes, potentially he's covered, but not embassy, consulate. Stop being difficult. Go away. Go away. So, National Publishing Company, a historic book publisher in the United States, established in Philadelphia by Joshua R. Jones in 1878. A business has a five-story building uh, constructed at headquarters 
at the 726 Cherry Street, Philadelphia. The publisher produced Bibles, books of maps, encyclopedias for other books. It expanded with other offices opening in Chicago, St. Louis, and Australia. That's really all I have on that. I will say there's also an American family publisher, which is a little bit bigger and potentially is the one that is actually referring to because one of the first things I found on that is you've won uh, $10 billion. So if they use the other one that is no longer in business compared to the American publisher company, that makes sense. But this was founded in 1977 and was uh, shut down in 1999. Unfortunately, there's no chance for us to win $10 million right now, Brett. I'm sorry. Even if I get Chester Magazine? Yes, even if you get Chester Magazine. Ah, bummer. (laughs) And those are your deep dives. All right. You know anything about the Odyssey? Huh? Did I say you could talk? I didn't teach you that. My friend Mr. Matthews will lead the discussion. Do I have to draw you a picture? And now we move to the portion of the episode where we talk about what we learned. And in the case of not learning anything, we make something up. (laughs) I will go first and share that uh, I I really didn't learn anything uh, as a parent, as a viewer, other than... um, this episode was kind of lazy and needed another pass, but uh, I would like to encourage those who watch that uh, there are consequences. You do have the freedom to say whatever you want to say, but there are consequences out there. And, uh, you know, I encourage you to speak your mind, to say your piece, but do be wary that uh, even though Mr. Feeney did not explain himself, there is such a thing as good taste. And they're the right time to say things and the wrong time to say things. And lunchtime lust in a public school is never a good idea. <laughs> no. <laughs> Tyler, what did you learn? Well, I learned that there's no embassies in uh, Philadelphia, <laughs> but consulates. <laughs> well, yes, but you learned that outside uh, the episode. <laughs> <laughs> I would say that from the episode, what I learned is that... I'm going to take this in the lens that maybe Alan and Amy weren't really paying attention to what Corey was doing and what's going on. And so I think the thing I learned is make sure you follow up, especially if you know your child is starting something new and is different and make sure you get details. Mm. What happened? What was going on? How was your first day behind the microphone? (laughs) Yeah. And if uh, your child is being a little sketchy about what happened, you know, ask someone else Mm -hmm. and someone you know is going to give a truthful answer to. Because I feel like the way they write this episode, Al and Amy just dropped the ball and didn't pay attention a lick to what was going on with Corey. And it's not like Eric is doing a lot that they couldn't pay attention to or Morgan was doing a lot like... Mm -hmm. Agreed. It just feels like an episode that's like, you see, middle child gets ignored. And it's like, well, I know it feels like it, but if my parents in middle school or yeah, middle school, high school knew that I was going to be doing something with the school and like my voice is going to be going out there, 
they would ask questions. <laughs> yeah. I don't see them kind of ignoring you on that one. <laughs> so. I'm right? No, you're exactly right. So am I done with my education? Can I go? How would you grade on the air? Oh, gosh. <laughs> you go first. <laughs> I, I'm going to be forgiving because there are there is a nugget of something in there with the whole First Amendment uh, message. And there is some... There, there is something there with Turner at the end. I'm going to give it a C minus. It's not, it's not a complete failure. There is something there to keep it from failing, but it's very close. Well, I know this is thinking a week ahead, but uh, to quote Mr. Turner, Mr. Feeney, I'm going to give you an F plus. Hello, cat. <laughs> Mostly because uh, you didn't do well, but you're still my favorite show. So there we are. <laughs> wow. Two F's from you in a season. I just, I can't, even a D, I can't do it. I'm just, I'm furious about this episode. <laughs> like, these are the type of episodes that I just have always ignored because mm-hmm. I just... It, just for whatever reason, it just never really clicked for me. And now that we're watching it with more of a critical lens, I'm like, gosh, I just can't. <laughs> Corey and Sean are the bad guys in this episode. They don't have an understanding of who they are right now. And it bothers me. It bothers me so. Fair enough. <laughs> so uh, in, in your uh, your anger and your ire, do you have a dad joke for me? Oh, thank gummit. <laughs> No. <laughs> Give me two seconds. All right. Here we go. Okay. Brett, I only know 25 letters of the alphabet. I don't know why. <laughs> There's a classic. <laughs> <laughs> well, good looking people. That's going to do it for this week. Hopefully a week of rest will soothe Tyler's soul. My vast emotional damage? Yes, that's right. Vast (laughs) emotional damage. And next week, we'll be back, and uh, we'll be looking at another episode, and they want you to take the roles. (laughs) They want you to take the roles. That's right. Nutcase? You think? So uh, you can find us online, find us on our socials at Dad's Meat World. Send us a message at uh, World at gmail.com. And hey, if you like this episode, by the way, Kelly likes this episode. So uh, I want to find out what she would grade it. <laughs> yeah, I want to find out, too. Those, those are fighting words for me now. <laughs> That's oh, right. Hey, everyone who uh, ordered your uh, John Adam Shark shirt, thank you so much. Yes, yes, we uh, we were able to raise a good chunk of change, and we'll be sending that out uh, soon. And uh, yeah, so thank you everyone who ordered shark shirts. That sale, that option is now closed. The sharks have gone extinct. Uh, we'll probably bring that back next year. And uh, yeah, so thank you very much, everyone. That was fantastic uh, for our little podcast. So. If you got them, wear them proudly. Send them. Send a picture. Post a picture and yeah. uh, tag us with it at Dazmeet World or hashtag Dazmeet World. 
Yeah. We want to see them. <laughs> we do. We want to see those sharks of John Adams all over the place. That's right. I got mine. I'm wearing it while we record tonight. It finally came. <laughs> Yes. I don't know where mine is. It's probably in the dirty clothes. <laughs> well, I worked Tyler, quite a bit this weekend. Until next week, I'll see ya. They want you to take the rolls. <laughs> you can find Dad's Meat World on Facebook, Twitter, and probably a few other places just by searching for Dad's Meat World. Dad's Meat World is a production of Head First Studios. Head for Studios. Tell your story. A lot going on, and, uh, oh, darn comment. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Technology. I hate you. So we just have a lot going on. As we're looking at this as dads and hi, I help you. That's okay. Hi. So you going after something else he's not allowed to have? Just messing with the cat. Oh, well, that's allowed. (laughs) Yeah. It's just mostly annoying.